0: Check us out online Packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, Pack underscore daddy. Coming to you live, but kind of recorded from the Vivid Seats studios. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. So there is a lot, lot, lot to get to. And I know I promised you mini pods, but um, after that first one, it was kind of like just a flood of, of, I mean, obviously the 53 and then just a lot of things on top of that, um, probably could have jumped in on BJ, but that kind of, kind of hit me at a bad time. So that didn't really pan out. Either way, I figured all this information needs a full episode, not a mini pod. So what I want to do, hopefully we can kind of touch on everything today because we don't have a lot of time until the first regular season game against the Chicago bears, you know, But if it takes a couple days to get through everything, then that's what it is. But we're going to start, obviously, with the 53-man roster, practice squad, cuts, that kind of whole deal. I think overall the theme of this needs to be, however, it doesn't really matter. There's a couple things that are surprising for the most part. I mean, I and just about everybody was pretty close to 100% correct. A couple little tweaks on just about everybody's 53 But nothing really earth-shattering. There's nothing here that's really going to blow anybody's mind or, you know, season-ending, why would you do such a crazy, wild... It's whatever, man. But uh, we'll run through position by position and take a look at that whole thing. A couple little reminders before we take our break. Number one, any and all five-star iTunes reviews would be greatly, greatly appreciated. If you're not an Apple folk like myself, anywhere else that you happen to be listening, if it uh, allows you to leave a review, that would be still appreciated. And also, as I mentioned, for those of you who are um, donating to my Patreon, maybe I'll just start sending messages to the folks that are in there, just as a reminder, because I'm feeling lonely. We are going to be doing a CBS Pick'em Pool. So anyone that is donating $5 or more, again, I'm just trying to do something fun for the people that are in there. Uh, And also, for those that are doing a little bit more, I'm planning on uh, doing little watch parties, videos, whatever. I'm thinking maybe tonight watching uh, B.J. Goodson. I don't really know. Again, don't take anything I say too seriously, because sometimes stuff doesn't happen. However, something already did happen, and it's called a CBS pick-and-pull, where you pick the teams you think are going to win, you know, that whole thing. I don't know. I thought it'd be fun. If you want to jump in, jump in. I think that's it. Why don't we take a break, and uh, we'll start talking about it. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So as I'm looking at it, I don't know if it's even been made official, the whole linebacker thing, which is a little crazy because this was a while ago, but I'm looking on the Packers transactions page and I don't see that, but that's fine. We know what happened, so it is what it is. But we'll start with quarterback. Um, I don't want to act like it was super obvious, but it was kind of what I had thought just, you know, it's, it's a little crazy, but it's also probably a good situation because our GM, who traded for him, um, basically just decided to eat it. Right? He traded away a guy that's playing fairly decently. I mean, I'm not going to blow it out of proportion, but he's doing a good job for the Browns. And he traded for a guy that just was not good, is not good, and um, rather than allowing his pride to get in the way, is like, all right, I'm dumb, fine, whatever, cut him, I don't care. That's a good thing. Except for the whole part about, all right, I'm dumb. You know what I mean? Let's not be the guy that gets taken advantage of all the time. Granted, Dorsey is just a phenomenal GM. I'm, I'm, I think he's arguably the best GM in the NFL, probably beside Bill Belichick. But that's kind of cheating. I mean, literally, that's that's cheating because he cheats. Also, he's good, but I'm just, I'm just bitter. But again, as I said, it doesn't matter. Um, Tim Boyle has done a pretty good job. Maybe Tim Boyle's the the kind of quarterback that that we need. That is to say, maybe if Aaron Rodgers goes out for a quarter, he can keep things afloat for a while. And really, that's kind of what we're shooting for. I mean, as as I've said before, there aren't 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I mean, there there are 32 guys who are going to have an S next to their name. That implies they're a starter. But in terms of their talent level, there are not 32 starters and so it's not super easy to get a guy that when somebody of Aaron Rodgers' caliber goes down, things don't go haywire. Things are going to go really bad really quick. And so we just need a guy that's going to be able to complete some passes and um, not allow things to go horribly wrong. And I think between Tim Boyle and Deshaun Kaiser, it's pretty obvious who that guy is. Uh, Running back, they did only keep three. um, I mean, four if you include Danny Vitale so that's a thing but fullback is going to be a pretty different position in this offense right they want to run 21 which is two running backs on the field at the same time which essentially is a running back and a fullback so you have a fullback and then you have one of three running backs on the field and um, I get it you know the, the concerns as far as well Aaron Jones may be injured and Jamal and Dexter well Dexter for sure is not ready to run in the offense you would hope that this would imply that there's some confidence in jamal williams if aaron jones does get hurt and i will say this if aaron jones gets hurt i love aaron jones i think he has the potential to be one of the top running backs in the nfl if he stays healthy he could end up having you know top five in terms in terms of yardage could be even higher than than you know five three or two or whatever but if he gets hurt I mean, we got to start looking because this is getting too crazy where we're starting to panic about running backs, and we shouldn't. I know everybody gets hurt, but it, it's it's getting to the Kevin King range of concern. Fullback, obviously, Dan Vitale, not a huge shock. Tight ends, it was not a sure thing, but it was sort of, the writing was sort of on the wall. We kept basically all four, I'll call it. These are the, the four that, the only four that had a chance and the four that seemed likely to make it. Um... It could have gone either way, though. Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis are number one and number two. However, underproducing and overpaid. So you feel like the smart thing to do that definitely could happen is one of them could get cut. But when they didn't dress for preseason week four, that kind of kind of told us what was going to happen. Um, Jace is obviously not getting cut. He's a third-round pick who has hardly played, so why in the world would you cut a guy like that? And Robert Tanyan you know, obviously there's potential he could end up being the odd man out, but that would just be ridiculous. Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis probably will not be on the team beyond this year. Maybe one of the two, I don't know. I mean, if Jimmy has a good year, I don't But either way, there's a possibility that neither of them are on the team, and Robert Tanyan is basically the only other guy left aside from Jay Sternberger, who we don't know if he's any good. Beyond that, at this this exact point in time, Robert Tanyan may be our best tight end, so it doesn't make any sense to cut him. So it kind of just felt like I guess we're keeping four, and we are. And, as I said, the Titans used a ton of tight ends last year, so four tight ends isn't that big of a shocker. And then wide receiver, um, it was more or less a matter of, as I said, how many are we keeping? Devontae, MVS, Kumaro, Geronimo, that was 100% more or less pending anything kind of shocking. Trevor Davis, the fact that he played in week four kind of gave me pause a little bit, but you kind of felt like he was the top guy, and then it was either going to be Shepard or um, Lazard. Not super surprisingly, uh, Shepard did win that. Uh, The coaches had alluded to the fact that he does have the return ability, which is something that uh, obviously stands out as a pretty big factor. Not super surprisingly, uh, Alan Lazar did make the practice squad, as did Malik Taylor, wide receiver. I probably should also mention uh, Trey Carson and Evan Bayless. Trey Carson, the running back, and Evan Bayless, the tight end, are also on the practice squad, as is quarterback Manny Wilkins. So I I think of that entire, um, of everything I've said so far, the biggest surprises are some of the guys that have made the practice squad, such as Malik Taylor. The guy got picked up this year by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an undrafted free agent. They dumped him almost immediately. The Packers picked him up. He played in um, three preseason games, Week 1, 2, and 4. Uh, every single one of those games, he graded out as below average, 55, 56, and 54, and made the practice squad. So, all right. Bayless, on the other hand, makes a little bit more sense, only because, you know, again, um, as far as young tight ends that we're going to have for the future, there's really only two, and having a third on standby isn't the worst idea. He, he did all right in the preseason. It's actually shown quite a bit of growth. Um, in 2017, he was with Houston. Through the preseason, and I think one game in the regular season, he was just abysmal. 2018 with Carolina was a little bit better but really just not very good, graded out as below average. With Houston, he was just bad. And then 2019 with Green Bay, again, he took another step, pretty much dead even across the board as far as him being a receiver, a blocker, uh, pass blocker, and run blocker. And ended up being pretty decent and pretty, uh, again, pretty versatile across the whole spectrum of what it is to be a tight end. So it kind of makes sense to, to stash him, but I guess I wasn't really expecting it. And then Manny, the, the only thing I could think is that the guy's got some jets, and is a developmental guy, right? We let's just see what we got in him. We picked him up for a reason. You know, we tried Kaiser and 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 we're dumping Kaiser, right? So it also makes sense if we're going to get rid of Kaiser, we got to keep Wilkins now in a pinch, you know, if if Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle were both down week 1, who do you want, Kaiser or Wilkins? And I know a lot of people are going to say Wilkins just because you're angry at Kaiser. I get all that. I'll say that the Packers would probably prefer Kaiser. But I think they were kind of the point that enough is enough with Kaiser. Probably tried to trade him. Nobody wanted him. So they dumped him. Raiders picked him up. And we're going to keep Wilkins for two reasons. Again, one, because we need a third quarterback somewhere. And for two, let's see if we can develop this guy a little bit. The other thing that makes things a little bit more difficult is if they had the ability to put Deshaun Kaiser on the practice squad, maybe they would. In other words, we're not carrying another quarterback on the practice squad or on the, uh, the the regular, on the 53, and we can't put Kaiser on the practice squad, so it kind of made your decision for you. As far as guys that are cut and not coming back, um, there was some surprise about Equinemius. I don't know that that should be all that surprising. Um, you don't want to put him as a designated to return. I mean, you you could, but the, the one caveat for the uh, the return designation is that you have to carry him on the active roster in week one if you put him on ir today he has to be done for the season so if you want equanimous that's fine you got to cut somebody else so you have to cut somebody put eq on the active roster for week one then put him on ir after week one with a designation to return and you know, I mean, we, we can play games with. Well, let's slide him onto the practice squad, which means we're going to cut somebody from the practice squad, and then maybe it'll be fine. We'll just call the guy up, and then you know, we'll we'll add that other guy back to the practice squad. But yeah, let's just take him out for the year and not worry about it. Especially since I mean, we don't really need him back. I like EQ a lot, um, but it, it's not a dire situation. Uh, Jmon, obviously, we knew that was coming. Um, and then offensive line, obviously the starters stayed. Um, Alex Light, Elton Jenkins, and Cole Madison I had on my 53. Lucas Patrick I did not. I thought with Elton Jenkins and Cole Madison, we kind of had the entire interior covered, including the center. Cole Madison really struggled with that, but Elton Jenkins could do it. However, Lucas Patrick uh, was captain. Was it makes a good amount of sense. He actually had a really good preseason. Uh, he struggled when they put him at guard, but at center he was phenomenal. And then for McRae, I think it was just a matter of you know, you don't really need to bend over backward for him. He he's a decent enough backup at guard. I don't think he's going to do anything at center. He's definitely not going to do anything at tackle. So we've got Alex Light as our backup tackle, as well as Billy Turner, obviously. Um, Elton Jenkins is our backup guard. Cole Madison would be a secondary guard and then Lucas Patrick. So so Patrick, Madison, and Jenkins are the interior guys. Alex Light and Billy Turner are the um, options at tackle. So it was kind of down to McCray isn't needed, and he's not good enough to the point where it's just like, we, we have to keep him. We've got younger uh, guys that we can develop, not necessarily Lucas Patrick. He's a uh, twenty-six. But uh, we we we're probably going to get rid of McRae anyways because a you know swapping seventh round picks isn't exactly something that you cut a guy over that you're planning on keeping. So uh, that one did surprise me a little bit just because I felt a little bit more comfortable with him, but uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over Justin McRae. Uh, Mr. Yash Nijman was uh, put on the practice squad, which is something that I had actually altered my 53 to do. I had him making the team at first, and then I figured we don't really need him with Alex Light and Billy Turner. And so I booted him down to the practice squad, which is essentially what ended up happening. Uh, Dijon Allen was cut, not surprisingly. Coyle was cut. Gerhard DeBeer was cut. All these guys, uh, Gerhard was was really not having a great preseason. Uh, Adam Pankey, I know a lot of fans really liked him never really saw much in him at all especially at tackle which is where everyone thought he was much better the guy's I, he just he's built like a guard I just i could never imagine that guy playing tackle so all those guys were cut and did not return anyways why don't we take a quick break and we'll look at defense and if we need to we'll comment on a few other things we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Starting with the interior, uh, one relatively big surprise for me personally, um, obviously, Dean, Kenny and Montrevious made the team tyler lancaster has been phenomenal and kingsley kiki was just drafted so those weren't super surprising the thing that did surprise me however was the fact that we kept one more and it wasn't james looney it was Old brown i don't really get that and i'm a little curious as to why the only thing that really comes to mind is that at 6'4", 282 he really fits the mold of what uh, mike Patton wants which is a guy similar to Kingsley Kiki that is primarily a defensive tackle, but a guy that can be slid to the outside. This is the Mike Pettin mold, right? Guys that can can play two positions. you got a lot of guys that are outside linebackers slash defensive ends. Some of these guys are outside linebackers slash defensive ends slash defensive tackle. And then you got some guys that are defensive tackle slash defensive end, like Kingsley Kiki and, I believe, Fidel Brown, whereas James Looney was basically a nose tackle and he was essentially going to be a backup to tyler lancaster who was kind of the backup to kenny clark right he's he's in the nose and maybe they just didn't need another one now looney was a solid enough player that they didn't want to get rid of him they did put him on the practice squad which is good um and it, it, really again that's all i can really come up with fatal brown just fits the the mold of what they're looking for looney doesn't i mean nobody nobody cares about run-stopping nose tackles anymore so a a guy who is a you you know a number three nose tackle even though he played well it's like I don't really want him whereas Fidel Brown did not play well ever in his life I'm being a little unfair but (laughs) he played one game and people were all excited like oh man somebody I remember some I don't remember who it was but I guess props to him they said, he's going to play week four, and he's going to win the job. Well, he played week four. He was one of the worst graded players the entire week, but he did play, and he did win the job, so technically you were correct. But, you know, I mean, he's 26 years old. He's He's been with uh, Oakland for a while. He only played one. I mean, this is his first year with Green Bay. He played one game, and he really did terribly. But, you know, I mean, he's been out for a while. He just comes in, and, and I don't I don't know, man. Uh, last year, he did play – He played for uh, oakland and green bay Uh, obviously oakland in the beginning of the year his overall grade was a 53.8 so below average terrible tackling grade below average pass rusher below average run defense comes over to green bay uh horrible tackling grade again average pass rush um, he actually graded out decently as a run defender but overall just an average grade and then again in the preseason he plays one week and he was terrible so again, I, th- there's obviously something here. I hope it's not just the build. I mean, he took a roster spot. I mean, it, and, and and maybe it just comes down to we want this many defensive linemen, and um, you know we we would rather have a guy like Fidel, Fidel Brown, who who can do what I'm going to need somebody to do, whereas James Looney, as good as he is at that one thing, he can't do what I need him to do. The problem is Brown can't really either. I mean, he can't do it well. But whatever it is, what it, again? This is not something that should keep us awake at night. Our our defensive line is Montrevius Adams, Kenny Clark, and Dean Lowry. The primary rotation is going to be with Tyler Lancaster and Kingsley Kiki. If Fatal Brown is on the on the field, it's not going to be for very long. And hopefully, it's going to you know he's still young. Um, hopefully he'll have some time to develop. I mean, he's not 22; he's 26. But there's there's plenty of time. You know, he's only played for one other team for two years. There's time for Mike Pettin to get this guy caught up to be a decent rotational player. Um, obviously, Olive Sagapolu did not make the team. Dion Simon did not. Neither of those things were super shocking. It seemed like they wanted Olive to kind of step up and, and be something that he wasn't because the guys were getting cut and he was staying on the team. And I couldn't understand why because he was consistently the worst player that we had. Um, outside linebackers, we did still just stick with four, uh, Preston Smith, Kyler Fackrell, Zadarius Smith, and Rashawn Gary, uh, but again, we've got some defensive linemen that can rotate, so maybe that helps factor into the decision, I'm not entirely sure, it feels kind of light at four, but again, you got Kingsley that can be a defensive end, um, Fidel Brown probably is going to be playing some defensive end, so, you know, it is what it is, and again, the problem really came down to there, there isn't really anybody else that's all that great. There's a massive drop-off, so it, it kind of comes down to we could keep another one, but it's not it's not, uh, it's not, not going to be someone that makes a real big impact that we necessarily even want on the team. So no big loss there. Inside linebackers where things get a little bit more interesting. Oren Burks was expected to stay on the 53. Now again, there is potential he gets put on IR, but it definitely seems like at this point he's not going to. Uh, it sounds like he's only going to miss about four weeks, which is a really short period of time and so if you put him on IR with the designation to return, he's got to miss, I think, eight weeks. And considering the situation at linebacker not being super great, I mean, even when he returns, it might not be super great, but we're going to need as much help as we can get, so that'll probably just stay as it is. But as of right now, obviously Blake Martinez is there. I'm thinking week one is probably going to be Ty Summers just because B.J. Goodson hasn't been around. However, there could already be a rotation where we might see B.J. on there. He's been with the league for some time. As far as his abilities overall, he's been graded out by PFF as average. That's with the exception of 2017 when he was just not good. So essentially what it was, 2016 he was graded as average, but he didn't play hardly at all. 2017 he comes in, he starts playing more snaps, over 300 snaps up from 14. He gets graded out as below average. However... The things that he's not good at, coverage and pass rush, he was decent as far as being a tackler and, and run defense, which has carried through all three three years. So essentially that's what you're getting. You're getting a guy that's a solid tackler, which is needed. A guy that can help against the run, but is offering absolutely nothing as far as coverage or pass rush. Now, there is still, and I'll, I'll probably save this until later, but there's a, a for example, Curtis Bolden. Yes, he was sort of kind of technically cut, but really what he was, was waived injured. Now, what this means is, waived injured is a designation. It, it means we're going to, well, we're, we're, we're going to waive you. We wanna, what, what it means is we want to put you on IR, but you have to clear waivers first. Well, they did that, and as best as I can tell, he's on IR right now. I don't see that written in text anywhere, but he was waived injured, waivers are 24 hours, that has passed. So I believe he, as well as Malcolm Johnson, should be on IR. Now, if you remember, Jason Spriggs was also waived injured, so I believe he actually may be on IR as well. So the four guys that I think, again, this has not been written down anywhere, and if you Google Jason Spriggs or Curtis Bolton or whatever, it's just going to say, yeah, they were cut. I don't think that's entirely true. And so obviously, Equinemius, Malcolm Johnson, Jason Spriggs, and Curtis Bolton, I believe, are on IR at the moment. Uh, Two other guys that we should bring up since we're talking about it, Greg Roberts and Ibrahim Campbell were on the pup list. Now, IR means they're done right again if you're going to if you're going to come back from IR there needs to be a designation and you need to be carried on the 51 Jason Spriggs Curtis Bolton Malcolm Johnson and Equinemius are not on the 53 which means they're done for the year but it could mean they come back next year we'll see Jason Spriggs is going to be a really big decision because he's due for a contract so we'll we'll have to see what happens with that Uh, Curtis Bolton and Malcolm Johnson it's just a way of holding on to them so that we can bring them back next year and, and hopefully be able to continue exploring that but with pup list what it means is you're out for six weeks and then we have to make a determination what are we going to do now if they are still injured we can transfer them to ir and just take them down for the year but you, you kind of can't lie about it and just be like well i don't know man he stubbed his toe it's looking pretty bad i'm sure there's there's a level of fudgibility in there but um if they're healthy we're gonna have to make a determination on what to do Now, presumably, injuries are going to crop up, so it's possible that these guys get added to the active roster without there being too much disruption. But it's also possible they end up either getting cut or maybe Greg Roberts can go to the practice squad. I'm not really sure. But those are some extra things to keep in mind. So, I mean, it's also just clarification, right? Because the first thing I saw was Ibrahim Campbell got cut, and I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not exactly what happened. He's not cut, he's hurt. He may end up getting cut, Right, it was surprising that he didn't make it. You know, he made my 53, but he is still on PUP, so that's not going to work. You know, Curtis Bolton, oh man, he got cut. Well, he got waived injured, which is to say that we wanted to put him on IR, but he has to clear waivers first. He did clear, so now he's on IR, right? So anyways, just clearing that all up. So he's kind of gone anyways, but he may return next year, whatever. Bottom line is our linebackers are Oren Burks, Blake Martinez, Ty Summers, and B.J. Goodson. Um... Not super surprisingly, Brady Sheldon and Randy Ramsey were both put on the practice squad because we may need a lot of help as a linebacker. So a good amount of craziness there. Um, Not feeling super good about our linebacker group. Something needs to happen there because BJ is more or less just a filler. I would assume that he is probably going to at some point, if not immediately, going to be the starter along with Blake Martinez, whereas Ty Summers will be the backup slash rotational player slash developmental player with the hope that oren burks ends up coming back after four weeks so possibly week five i don't know and can start and be a decent enough linebacker although as i've said a thousand times there's no real great evidence that that's going to be the case not yet i mean i'll, I'll, I'll give him time he hasn't had a lot of time i'm just saying there's nothing so far that we can look at or sink our teeth into to say, wow, he's going to be really good, other than his first preseason where he ran really fast but didn't do very much. And people got excited about it. Um, at corner, we kept a bunch of them, which was going to be a big question. Um, not only did they keep everybody, but they kept everybody plus one. So this was a pretty big shock to me. So Jair kevin king and kevin king is i'm actually pretty excited about it i know probably everyone's surprised by that but i am excited that he's going to play week one i i want to believe badly that he's going to be a, we we need him to be a good corner i'm not just dumping on him just to dump on him i'm just trying to get people to understand he hasn't been as good as you think i want him to play i want him to be a very good corner i want him to be healthy and i want him to develop i want him to get a massive contract that he earned to be here so that we have Kevin King and Jair Alexander, who are a great cornerback duo. That's what I want to happen. Not super optimistic, but I'm hoping that's what happens. So Kevin King is here and he's healthy and he's going to be on a snap count. But whatever. Uh, they did keep Tremont. Not a super big surprise because, as I've said, I think he's our second best corner. Uh, Tony Brown made the team. Also not super shocking. He's been um, he's been pushing pretty hard. I think he's another guy that we kind of overhype a little bit. You know, you get him in the regular season. I think. A good portion of the wide receivers in the NFL are going to absolutely obliterate him, but he's a real, real try-hard guy. I love the effort that he puts in. I love the energy that he brings. It's pretty solid. Kadar Holman, we just drafted. Six-round pick is not a guarantee, but still, he's done well enough. There's no reason to expect him to have been cut, and he was not cut. And then also Josh Jackson, that would have been sort of a big surprise cut, and I wouldn't be surprised if by next year, if he doesn't step up, he may not be here next year which would be really upsetting, but um, there just hasn't been a time. I mean, he's not terrible. You just really hope that he kind of can fulfill that whole second-round pick thing, although Kevin King also can't seem to fulfill that second-round pick thing. Please, Jair, take a step forward. If you take a step back, I'm just going to lose it. But then the biggest surprise for me was the fact that not only do we keep those six, but we also kept Chandon Sullivan. Um, Sullivan did have a decent enough preseason. It's not that he's been bad. I just didn't expect to keep another one he played. A little bit in the regular season last year, he was pretty awful, but a real young guy. And obviously they see something in him. There's no real need to carry another guy other than to say, well, perhaps number one, we we may need him because we don't feel super confident in the group that we have. But um, also they they think that he can, I mean, you're not going to put a guy in the act of 53 if you don't think he's regular season ready, that he can compete in the regular season. So um, good on him hopefully he can kind of step up. There weren't any corners, probably due to the fact that every single one of them made the active roster, but none of the corners made the practice squad, which is to say Kebion Ento, uh, Jaquez Kalili, Jackson Porter, uh, Nairo, all those guys just got straight up cut. No IR, no designated to return, no practice squad, no nothing. And then safeties, uh, there were the three obvious ones, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, and Raven Green. Uh, With Ibrahim Campbell being on the pup list, they had to keep somebody. They decided to go with Will Redmond. This was another one that was a really big surprise. This may have been actually the biggest surprise for me because Trey Matthews was one of the best players through the preseason. I was really excited about him. Um, He was the fourth best guy in coverage through the preseason, Basically tied with Raven Green. He was graded as the number one pass rusher on the whole team. He was not one of the people that was uh, not good in coverage, which isn't a super big endorsement, but he made the cut. He was close to being good in, in the tackling category. And overall, graded out as the third best player through the preseason, on defense, that is. Uh, Raven Green and Montrevius Adams were the only two that graded out higher. Uh, Mike Tyson also actually technically graded a little bit higher but not by much, and Mike Tyson was terrible against the run and terrible as a tackler. Uh, Will Redmond, you know, I, I don't I don't know, man. It's just weird. I mean, he had a ton of snaps, but Trey Matthews, they gave even more snaps to. I'm really curious to know why Trey didn't get that job. Um, and then beyond that, why not put him on the practice squad, man? I mean, it, it's just so weird to me. I mean, you've only got so many spots. Maybe if you had one more practice squad spot, you'd put him on there. But, jeez, it kind of blows my mind, and I'd be curious to hear their their thoughts and their reasoning on that one. Not that they, I mean, for all, for all I know, they're, the way that they graded it, well, Will Redmond was way above Trey Matthews. Trey Matthews was not that great. But, I mean, some of this stuff is measurable. You know, Trey Matthews is one of the few that actually did have a sack. Uh, Will Redmond was a tackling machine. Trey Matthews had 10 tackles. Will Redmond had 14. Will Redmond also had four missed tackles, however, to Trey Matthews' one missed tackle, which is probably why Trey had a much better tackling grade. Trey Matthews had four stops. Will Redmond had five. They were both targeted six times. Uh, five were caught on Trey. Four was caught on Will. However, only 35 yards on Trey Matthews, 60 on Will Redmond, which is 15 yards per uh, target per reception. Seven yards per reception for Trey Matthews. Will Redmond did have two pass breakups. Trey Matthews had zero. So again, you know, more tackles, more hands on balls. I don't know. I, I guess you can kind of see it. Uh, NFL passer rating, uh, Trey Matthews 91, Will Redmond 99. Will Redmond also had three penalties, which I think was the most of any player through the preseason. Trey Matthews had zero. So whatever. It is what it is. Don't really understand it. Um, And then maybe, possibly, probably, could be the biggest news for me personally, Mason Crosby won his job. Yay! I know not everybody's super excited about it, but again... Yeah, Crosby's not perfect. He's probably going to miss some kicks. He may miss an extra point again. Hopefully that was the last one of the season in the preseason there. Sam Ficken is not a good kicker, man. I mean, he just, he hasn't been. He didn't really prove too much through this whole process. I mean, he made most of his kicks, but so did Mason. Uh, Actual head-to-head kicking competitions, I think Mason actually was ahead. And again, just look at their regular season record. You know, I know Mason didn't have the greatest year ever, but also there was one game where he just completely blew it. If you take that game away, the percentages were not bad at all. He basically had a a pretty good year and one terrible game. And again, I went through game by game and sort of debunked the whole he lost us the game situation. The only way you can definitively say a player lost the game is in the last play of the game. I mean, if he misses a kick to win the game, then yeah, you can probably put it on the kicker. Although you can still put it on the rest of the team because it was a team effort for the first four quarters. There was a lot of missed passes, dropped catches, penalties, everything else that went into this loss. And just because the kicker made the last mistake doesn't mean he lost the entire game and everybody else was fine. So it's not just a matter of, well, add up all the missed kicks, and then if it's higher, then the kicker, you know, that's the reason you lost. Not necessarily, because it's the whole butterfly effect. If he makes the kick, it changes the dynamic. The the other team starts playing differently. We start playing differently. Everything changes. So, and whatever. No, I'm not super excited about Mason, but I'm much more worried about getting rid of Mason Crosby and having Sam Ficken come in and following every other team down the same path that every other team seems to follow, which is, let's cut this veteran guy that we're paying a bunch of money to, and then hire some guy that nobody knows to come in and play this game, and he's really terrible, and then we panic to try to find somebody, and Mason's having a great career somewhere else, and everybody says, why did we cut this guy? He's always been a really good kicker, so what he had one really, you know, you know how it goes. I don't want to be that team. If we keep Mason Crosby, we have a better kicking situation than the Bears. If we cut Mason Crosby, I don't know who has a worse situation between us and the Bears. That is enough of a reason to keep Mason Crosby right there. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. We'll pick up on any news and information that has come out tomorrow, and then we'll start looking at the Bears as we wind into this bad boy. Have a good day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.